Good morning. Thank you for listening to the podcast on this gorgeous Sunday morning in uh, late spring, Rochester, New York. Fairport Canal Days in full force today. I am uh, actually sitting in my front yard out in a lawn chair drinking coffee on Sunday morning, just before this podcast, doing this one almost in real time. It's 7.06 a.m. right now because I, I just got a little busy this week. Didn't get a chance to record a real episode. Well, wait a second. Now, that's not true because I actually did. But let me explain. I had something happen for the third time in my uh, audio career. Excuse me while I take a nice sip of coffee. Something happened for the third time in my entire career this week in terms of uh, ruining audio that I had. So I interviewed Armand Nasseri. They call him Nas. He has a product called Tea Infusions. He has a, he is of Iranian descent, and he has this wonderful tea that is on the market. And uh, in Rochester, he's gotten into a nice handful of stores. Good kid. Good interview. About 20 seconds into it, he accidentally turned off his microphone. And so the entire interview is just me you can hear my voice, and then his voice you can hear ever so faintly in the background of my microphone. And so <laughs> it's just a bust. So I had a nice episode for you for today, but I busted it three times. That's not that bad, actually. You think about it. I've been doing radio professionally since 2005, doing some sort of audio, putting out audio content. I did radio unprofessionally from 2003 to 2005. I guess unprofessionally isn't the right word. Amateur radio, I should say. College radio, right? Not paid. Then I was a professional from 2005 to 2020. And now from 2020 to 2022, I'm right back to unprofessional. And now I think the last two years we can call unprofessional, not amateur. (laughs) Anyway, three times in that 17 years have I done a piece of content that I later went back to and realized oh shit, it's not there anymore. One was really early on. It was in my first year or so working in Ohio, first year or so of working professionally. I was an assistant production director making commercials, and I made this commercial for Hillmax Country Food, uh, excuse me, Hillmax Seafood in Ashtabula, Ohio, and they wanted a lot of bells and whistles. They wanted creativity, and I had done this, you know, it's only a 30-second spot, but I had a thousand different files going, man. It was like I had used a little bit of this music, a little bit of that music. I was doing an Australian accent, mate, you know, to, and it was just like it was a production. And I think I had an hour and a half maybe into this 30-second commercial, really close to being done, computer crashes, file gone, start over. And I remember that night, I was like 22 years old at the time. I remember that night, I just stayed late and redid the whole thing from memory. And it was so frustrating because I, you know, it was like I worked for an hour and a half and then it was just gone. It was an hour and a half of wasted time. Then the second hour and a half, I was just in a rush to get done because by that time it was like nighttime and I was staying late and had to be there early in the morning. And it just stunk. Just stunk in general. The second time was a little bit more recently, actually. I think I was free and clear then for like 10 years almost. Oh, hold on a second. Here comes Leo. Can you come here and tell me what you did? Come here, buddy. Yeah. You made a fire truck puzzle? 
Can I come see it in a few minutes? Okay. Okay, I'll be there in a few minutes, my love. I love you. Good job. He did a puzzle. Him and his mommy working on a puzzle this morning. Anyway, the second time was pretty recently. I started doing a show on Wham 1180 called CEOs You Should Know. It wasn't my concept, but I loved the concept. It was an iHeartRadio thing uh, that they had tried in a couple of their markets. And I, I do believe the general thought <laughs> behind that show was to get it was to get um like bot like basically to get decision makers into the building for an interview do the interview give them the the airtime um and then you know get their contact info and pass them on to a sales rep which felt a little bit you know salesy and so i never really did that and they were never really happy with me about that and and I don't know that they were wrong I don't know that I was wrong you can make your own decision on that basically they gave me some airtime they said interview CEOs get good stories get their contact info pass them on to a salesperson and like nine times out of ten I didn't pass it on to a salesperson I would usually drop some sort of question in there about marketing or are you happy with your marketing or like how does marketing go what kind of marketing budget do you have you know and 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 I would always kind of make it sound like it was part of the interview and then if they told me that they had you know <laughs> which this never happened but if they were to happen to tell me that they have all this marketing budget and that they have you know no idea what to do with it then I would be like oh well let me put you in contact with someone and I'm telling you in like two years of doing that that maybe happened twice so most of the time I didn't pass on the info and you can say I was wrong to do that I just don't believe in sales that way I think sales are more relationship based I think you need to go out build genuine relationships and if you build a genuine relationship and you have a good product when people need your product they will remember you because of their genuine relationship with you so it just takes time it just takes time you don't see a lot of 22 23 year old great salespeople, do you no the best salespeople in their world are at least in their 30s most of them 40s, 50s, because they've had decades to build relationships with clients and even potential future clients. Anyway, I was interviewing Jim Brown of the Rochester Riverside Convention Center. About 10 minutes into a 15-minute CEOs You Should Know interview. <laughs> the computer has, again, it kind of crashes on me. It has some sort of an error message pops up. It wasn't a complete crash. It was just something along the lines of, would you like to restart the session? And I remember just out of the corner of my eye, while he's still answering a question, trying to kind of like f fumble with it, you know, just trying to figure out like, what, well, can, what if I press cancel? And then what if I hit this and I hit that? What'll happen? And basically, whatever I did, it just X'd out the whole session. Boom, gone. He's still talking into a microphone at this point, but it has stopped recording and his session is gone. So now... I just kind of keep him talking because now I'm scrambling on the computer to try to pull the session back up. And I mean, I can't, I don't know if he even realizes anything's wrong because he can't see the computer. I'm just like looking down at the computer now trying to pull up. Can I find my last session? It's gone. I can't get to it. So here's what I did in that moment. So I looked up at him, started a new session, waited for him to a finish answering the question. And then I said, so let's recap. So Jim, 
we've talked about X, Y, and Z. What I really want to get to is, and then, you know, had him answer like two more questions. And then I just put it out and said, I have a mini episode this week. <laughs> Such a lame way of going about it. And then the third time was um, about a week and a half ago. Drove out to Fairport. Went to see Armand Nasseri. Interviewed him about tea infusions for an hour. Got home. Edit- I actually did it literally right after the Leo's interview. You heard me interview Patrick Bernunzio last week, Leo's Bakery. The- I left Leo's Bakery and drove straight to Fairport and interviewed Armand. I did back-to-back podcasts. Got home edited the the leo's podcast then i went to edit this one thinking oh good i've got two weeks done in a row here guess what nothing happening nobody's home (sighs) so anyway sorry about this but yesterday at fairport canal days and i was i only did about i did setup so i was there at 6 a.m and i only went till noon yesterday and then my my uh, lovely uh, helper Everine, my team member came in and she worked the rest of it today i'll be there from noon on from noon until five, Everine's going to open up, do the first couple hours. But I had a, a, a significant amount of people come up to my booth. And when I say significant, I mean, let's be fair. I think it was like four. But a significant amount of people come up to my booth in those two hours who said, hey, love the podcast. And two out of the four told me, love when you talk, when you monologue, and love when you tell radio stories. And so I was trying to think. I, I said, let me do some radio stories. I mean, it's been a couple of years, but I still got some cool behind-the-scenes stuff to talk about. I do have some new stuff to talk about. I met uh, Barry Bechtold at Fairport Canal Days yesterday. Caught up with Barry Bechtold. You know who that is? Beck from Kimberly and Beck. That's right. Saw him walking down the street in Fairport yesterday. Went over, said hi. He was with Tina. Uh, He was with Tina's daughter and their grandson. I think it was a grandson. And uh, beautiful family. Beautiful little baby. Beautiful Tina's daughter. Beck and uh, Tina seem to be doing great. Beck uh, actually gave me some news, though, that you may or may not know, and that is that he is moving to Montana at the end of the summer in a few months. He is straight up moving, going to be closer to family. If you ever listened to Kimberly and Beck, you'd know that Montana is home, so he's going home, man. Good for Beck. I had talked to him not too long ago when iHeart was having all those troubles moving shows around and bringing in non-local local guys, and he told me that uh, he was doing some black car service at that time. He was doing, like, driving, but more kind of professional chauffeur service. Um, no interest in getting back to radio, you know? Like, just, just was done with it. I get that. Uh, I don't know if I'm done with it. I think I'm done with it for a long time. But I think the fact that I'm sitting here recording this podcast shows I still have and probably will always have some passion for this stuff. But, uh, yeah, the idea of working for any current situation happening here in Rochester does not appeal to me. And so I, I, I would say it's if it's happening. It's happening quite a few years down the road. Plus, I'm on to something, man. Building craft cannery right now. Creating... A thing, you know, creating a, a legacy, I guess you could say, trying to at least build a thing and uh, really, really not going to give that up anytime soon either. So Saul Beck, uh, working with Kimberly and Beck, that's something people ask me about. Oh, my wife is here to say hello. Hey, you want to come over and say what you're up to? You, you want to? Oh, OK. Are you going to be on my podcast soon, by the way, for the announcement that you have coming? Yeah, that was, she said, absolutely, ladies and gentlemen. My wife has a very big announcement coming up, and let's just say this, 
the announcement is actually big enough that my wife has agreed to come on the podcast as a guest in the very near future, maybe even as early as next week, honestly. It's a business announcement. Oh, she's coaching me right now on what I'm doing wrong. It's a business announcement? Okay. Got it. Very big announcement. And it's about a grand opening. I'm allowed to say that much? Oh, wow. She's given us a lot today. Okay. It's about a grand opening. She's out here in the uh, front yard watering flowers with my son. Love watching my little dude water flowers because he takes such pride in growing the flowers. It's so nice. Um, anyway, so I was asked, requested to tell a couple radio stories. And I thought, well, I'll tell you one. I'll tell you a little something I think I've mentioned before. But then I wanted to talk about commercials and commercial breaks and, and kind of where we were with them, where we got to with them, and how I think we have to fix them. Because I think that they are such an Achilles heel for radio. But working with Kimberly and Beck briefly was, um, in a way, awful, but in a way, not as bad as you would think it was. Because there was one thing, one particular thing, where I did click with them. And I'll explain in a second. But for the rest of it, no, I didn't like it. Didn't wasn't a fan of their content. Uh, didn't have the most wonderful experience with them as partners. Granted, I was so brand new. I had not really proven myself to them. And I think they always saw me as being on loan from the Wheeze show. So I was never going to really get, you know, into their hearts, I guess, if you will. Not that I wanted to, but um, I had an endorsement at one point on Kimberly and Beck, and they squashed it. They went to management and said they didn't want me doing endorsements on the Kimberly and Beck show. <laughs> so they actually were taking money out of my pocket to work on their show. That was one of my shitty, my, my shitty experiences with them. My good experience with them, though, the one thing that we clicked on that I liked working with Kimberly and Beck on was the pace of work. Wheeze had a, and this was wonderful too in its own right, but Wheeze had a very, um, you know, when you were on the air, it was fast paced. It was professional radio, man. It was, right? But it was a little bit more of a, hey, let's just grab a whole bunch of stuff, throw it all at the wall, and see what sticks. That was more of Weez's philosophy during a radio show. It was let's have a thousand different things to talk about this morning, and and you know a couple will stick, and there we go. Kimberly and Beck were a lot more of digging deeper and having less things. So Kimberly and Beck might say, "Hey, we're only going to look at seven, eight, nine topics this morning." Whereas Weez, I shit you not, we might have fifty topics going into a morning. Kimberly and Beck might say, "Hey, five, six, seven. It you know it could be as little as five topics. Could be as many as maybe ten. And they would say, let's dig deeper on these. So instead of just let's take these topics, throw them at the wall and see what sticks, it would be let's take these topics and let's deep dive research them. And let's really find, you know, uh, they would call it a topic spider. So you would have like eight different topics just to go into one topic, eight different offshoots of the one topic. And I thought that was a good philosophy. And also pace of work while you were going, they wanted a lot posted in real time. Excuse me, as I have another sip of coffee. They wanted a lot posted in real time, and so there was there was a lot of um, of that was just fast, 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 now, now, now. And I liked that because that really kind of met with my general philosophy on, I don't know, it's just how I work, I guess. It's just a little faster paced right now, make it happen, no excuses, right? Um, the other thing that I wanted to get to had to do with uh, the philosophy behind commercial breaks. 
um, because I think that I always found this kind of interesting, and I thought you might. Excuse me, I want to take another sip of coffee and check the time. 7.21. Got to get this podcast uploaded by 8 o'clock, or else it hurts my OCD. Podcast has to come out at 8 every week, or I'm effed in the head. So, um, commercial breaks. Right. Clear Channel Radio did this thing in the early 2000s that I thought was actually very, very smart. It was hard, and it didn't last long because of how hard it was, but it was really smart, and honestly, to this day, it would be the right the right way to go, but we'll, we'll come back, loop back around to that. Um, they did something called Less is More, and the idea was we were going to sell less commercials for more money and and sell the client based on the value of the commercial. So let me explain what that means. You could run 10 commercials, 10, let's just make all the math here easy. Say you wanted to run 10 60 second commercials, that's 10 minutes worth of commercials, and you were going to sell them for $10 each, 10 commercials at $10 each, you were going to make $100, okay, to sell 10 commercials. Well, what they wanted to do, and what they did do for a short period of time was go to those 10 clients and tell them their rate's going up by 10 times. We are going to sell this commercial for $100 now. 100 But guess what we're going to do? We are only going to air two. So now, instead of being somewhere around minute six or seven, we're not going to do that anymore. Now there's only two total minutes of commercial, and we're going to promote that within our programming to say, hey, we will be back in two minutes or less so that people know not to change the channel. Now, in return, what you get for that, in theory, is that people will remain tuned in for the entire two minutes and hear your commercial. Whereas in the past, we were conceding the fact that, listen, when we're playing that 10-minute commercial break, we're probably losing a lot of listeners. So who amongst you wants to pay... 10 times what you're paying right now, but in return receive the high likelihood that people are sticking through and actually hearing your commercial because two minutes is not too much to ask of a listener. And it kind of worked. It worked for a little while. What ended up happening was they still had to make compromises. So they would take the the client who was paying the $10, convince them of the concept of you're going to be one of only two commercials and it's $100 now. But that client would balk back and say, I get it, I like the concept, uh, but I'm only going to give you $30 to run that. You know, I can't go up to I can't go up to 100 for a spot. I'll go to 30. And I want to be part of the 2 minutes. And and honestly, and this was and I really really do not like saying negative things about the sales force in radio because the entire sales team in radio had a very, very hard job. And honestly, between you and I, by about a mile, had the hardest job in radio, the salespeople. So I do not like saying negative things at all. But the truth is, it just wasn't quite strong enough of a sales team, of sales management, of, of general management in general, to get in there and make those sales to those clients who are so used to paying the lower prices to convince them to pay the higher prices. And and I'm not even saying, by the way, just because I feel so bad about what I just said about maybe the sales team wasn't good enough, I don't think I could have done it. I mean, that's a hard ask. That's a really, really difficult ask of any salesperson, no matter how seasoned, how veteran ever, to go to your client and convince them that suddenly the product is going to get better but you need to pay 10 times what you were paying for it. That's a difficult ask. 
So I get it. But I thought that it was, in general, it was really the right idea because there is no doubt that commercial breaks, lengthy ones at that, are crushing commercial radio. When I get the chance to get in the car in the morning every once in a while between 6 and 10 a.m. and I flip around a little bit, the, the fact that commercial radio still has to play minutes and minutes and minutes of commercials on end is just such a disadvantage to the podcast, to satellite radio, to Spotify, music, whatever it is. None of them have that burden the way commercial radio does, and it's just crushing, crushing. So that philosophy lasted a very short period of time. I don't even think it maybe lasted maybe two years. And then everything went back to the way it was before. It was just a matter of getting money in the door as any way you can. Whatever rate you can get the client to sign up for for their ads, take it, take their money, get their money, get their ads on the air. And what happens when that happens is you end up selling a lot of ads that need to get on the air now, and the money goal takes a lot longer to reach because you're selling them for a lot less. So now all of a sudden you're back to, and these numbers, by the way, do not quote these numbers. I'm just making up numbers right now just to make the math work easy. But again, let's say your goal for that commercial break is $100, uh, you know, and you start selling ads for 10 bucks. And I think even in later years, they started having to sell ads for, you know, five bucks, things like that. All of a sudden you're selling 10, 20 ads to fill one commercial break just to hit that $100 goal for that commercial break. I mean, that was brutal. It just added so much time in commercials. And then the burden came back to programming on, okay, if your programming is good enough, people will come back. They'll either stick through the commercial break or they'll come back after the commercial break. But then there's even philosophy in that. So let me tell you some of the strategies we used on the Wii Show to try and figure out where to put our commercial break. So for a long time, we had two commercial breaks. Um, the, the place where that philosophy came from because there are several different philosophies on that. There's a philosophy that says bunch as many commercial breaks as you can into one block. Yes, you are giving up and conceding that you're going to have this really long block, but it also gives you the opportunity to have this really long talk set. So our commercial breaks were supposed to be like seven minutes long, I think is what it was, and we were only supposed to have two an hour. Now, what happens, though, where that gets kind of burdened down is seven minutes of commercials then becomes, oh, well, we don't count traffic and weather. And we have to add sponsorships to the traffic and the weather. So that's another 15 seconds to traffic and weather. So the reports themselves might be 15 seconds long. Then you've got the the sponsors 15 seconds long as well. There's an extra minute now, and that doesn't count. We're still seven minutes, even though it's, it's going to sound like eight minutes to the listener. Okay, great. Now let's go to the end of the commercial break. Oh well, we're gonna put a we're gonna put a PSA here. That doesn't count. That's something we do for the community. There's there's another 15 seconds. Okay, great. Let's go to the end of the commercial break again. Oh, we're gonna we're gonna actually we're gonna put a promo here, a company promo. We have to promote the upcoming national contest or the upcoming national you know big giveaway or something. Uh, that's gonna be a 60 second promo. That doesn't count though. That's not part of your seven minutes. Okay, great. Now we're at what? Eight, now we're at nine minutes and fifteen seconds. Oh, oh, and we we do just need to throw a promo right at the front of the spot block as well because that's our best opportunity for listenership right there. So we're gonna throw a quick thirty, maybe even sixty second uh, promo at the top of the spot block to either promote the local contest or maybe we'll also use that for another national spot. 
So there's another 30 to 60 seconds. So now we're at what? Almost 10 minutes? But they're still telling you it's a seven-minute commercial break and saying, well, we're not doing anything wrong. It's still seven minutes of commercials. We're just adding things around that seven minutes. Oh, 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 and by the way, we need you to do uh, an endorsement ad prior to the commercial break. You're going to talk about this client uh, outside of the commercial break because we can charge a premium for that. So that's going to come first. So you're going to do that, then the promo, then the traffic, the weather, the traffic, the weather sponsor. Then your seven minutes of commercials. Then we're going to do a, a, another national promo, then a PSA, and then you're back. So it's a seven-minute commercial break, really. It's just going to last 11 minutes. So you can see how that started to become pretty burdensome, right? Two of those per hour. Now you're at 22 minutes. You have 38 minutes of programming time. <clears throat> Excuse me. So our philosophy for years on the Wii Show was keep it at two commercial breaks. The 11 minutes sucks. We're never going to try and tell you it doesn't suck. But being on the air for 19 straight minutes, because if you think you've got 38 minutes left now, that means we've got two 19-minute breaks on the air where we're actually going to get to talk on the air for 19 straight minutes. That was longer than most other stations were doing. Nobody was doing 19 straight minutes. And if you happen to catch the beginning of that 19 minutes, it could feel like we were really on the air for a long time. And that philosophy was a, a general radio philosophy, but it was also something I remember reading about in the Howard Stern book. The original one, Private Parts, he talked about really trying to shovel all of his commercial breaks into as, as few of breaks as possible. S and, and understanding that he was conceding that his commercial breaks were going to be very long, but also that his talk breaks would be very long too. And I remember him saying, and he could probably get away with this in the 90s, because this was way before my time, but he, he would t talk about doing one commercial break an hour that might be you know, 14, 15 minutes long, but then having 45 straight minutes on the air. And that was something he saw as his trick was because the 45 minutes felt very long once you were in it. And for one, and for two, he was a famous interviewer. He was famous, loved doing interviews, getting people on the air. And he always figured the longer time he had, the more comfortable they would feel and the more he could get out of them. And he did have some really, really good interviews over the years. And the general philosophy from him was just let's 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 take forever to do the interview instead of trying to squeeze like three six minute segments in with a client like or with a client excuse me with a guest let's try and uh let's try and not so then towards the end of my tenure with the Weeds show uh we started to get beat by cmf the the station that Weeds had come from they were um kind of i think uh like early on I don't remember exactly, but basically I joined Weez in like 2010, and I don't remember what the rating landscape looked like in 2010, but I don't believe the Weez show was doing all that well. Then we had a few good years. I think 2011, 12, 13, 14, we had a, a handful of years in there where we were placing anywhere between maybe second and like worst case scenario fifth for years and that was not bad because we would get nice chunks of time where we'd be second third third second and then maybe a fourth a fifth would get thrown in there and that wasn't bad in case you're wondering who was always first it was always the b the b was just like the juggernaut first station for years um so we did that for like a handful of years and then in like 2015 16 or something it it stopped you know, the seconds and the thirds started to become more rare. We started to see a lot more fourths and fifths. We had the occasional sixth or seventh. It started to, to go downhill a little around like 15, 16. And at one point, I don't remember exactly when this happened, but I remember 
you know, Wee's kind of set his eyes on the commercial breaks and said, well, that's what's killing us. And to be honest with you, I don't think he was wrong. I think it was a major contributor. And so he looked at the competition, he looked at CMF, and he said they're running three commercial breaks an hour. And what they're getting in return for that is they're getting these shorter commercial breaks. So we were running our, you know, 21 or 22 minutes an hour of commercials in two breaks, meaning 11 minutes per break. They were running maybe the same thing, but they were running seven-minute commercial breaks. So their commercial breaks were sounding shorter than ours. And he decided he wanted to go to three so that we could thin them out a little, uh, but we'd have to go three. So then we had a really long, heated debate. And I remember Weez and I were on opposite sides of this one. This was this was one that was really torn, too. Even I do remember even management. This went, like, all the way up the chain. And even management was coming back split on this one, right, where a couple managers thought one way and a couple managers thought the other way. But basically the debate was, what's better, two long commercial breaks or three somewhat shorter? And my, I think Weez's side of that argument was what you just heard. It was, hey, if we do three commercial breaks, they're going to seem shorter. And that's a win. Because right now our commercial breaks just feel so damn long. And I get that point. That's a good point. My point was, every time we go to commercial, we are giving our listeners an opportunity to tune out. And right now, we are only giving them two opportunities per hour to tune out. In your plan, Wheeze, we would be giving them three opportunities per hour to tune out. And there's a point to be made there, too. I don't think that's either philosophy is is easy to say to be the correct philosophy. I think they're both pretty arguable, <clears throat> pretty easily arguable. So the other thing we did when we had the two commercial breaks is we put them at the very top and the very bottom of the hour with the theory being that people mostly listen during a commute and that they're trying to get wherever they're trying to get and that they usually have to be wherever they have to be at either the top or bottom of the hour, right? Eight o'clock or 8.30. So if we commercialize at eight o'clock, you have to get to work at eight o'clock. You're probably listening to us from like seven. The average commute, I think, in Rochester is like 17 minutes. So you're getting in the car at 7.43, driving until eight o'clock. Well, we wanted to be on the air at that time. No commercials till eight o'clock. So that was the general philosophy behind the two commercial breaks. Whereas with three, there was no way not to interrupt commutes if you're going to go with that commute theory. So anyway, we ended up going to the three because at the end of the day, Weeze was the boss. His name was on the show. And did it work? Did it not work? Will forever be up for debate. Not really sure. I don't know much about the Weeze show ratings over the last couple of years. Um, but that was the the general philosophy of how we got where we got on the commercial breaks. It was just a, I guess I'll do a couple minutes real quick on, you know, commercial breaks in general. And, like, you can tell even in the debate I just laid out for you between me and Weez, there was no easy win there. Neither plan was getting rid of commercials. It was... It was just the necessary evil, and it's the thing that tells your listeners it's okay to tune out now. And uh, that's just something that commercial radio has that nobody else has that is killing it. Take a look at commercial radio and take a look at podcasts. Take a look at Spotify or other music platforms. Take a look at satellite radio. And look at the stranglehold that commercial radio had on the public 20 years ago and look at it now and notice how 
how loosened up that stranglehold has become as Bluetooth has entered cars. Technology has allowed us easy access to those podcasts. Technology has allowed the podcasts to begin, or excuse me, to exist in the first place and then given us easy access to them in our cars. Uh, again, satellite radio, Spotify, music services, your ability to be your own DJ in the car. I mean, all of those things have contributed, and all of them do not have the burden of not offering their surface their service three times an hour for seven minutes. Could you imagine if Spotify three times an hour took seven minutes off and just said, sorry, for these seven minutes, you can't listen? Well, that's what radio does. It has an hour, and three times an hour, it takes seven minutes and goes, hey, sorry, for the next seven minutes, we're not going to do our thing. It's rough. It's rough and it's tough, and it's going to be a lot to try to figure out how to get around that. Uh, of course, there's a couple easy ways. Move to a subscription model, which the technology just doesn't support for commercial radio because it's airwaves. It's free. How are you going to make people subscribe to an airwave? Can't do that, right? So product placement has always been a big thing, too. Sell your commercials to be live product placement during the show. Challenge your talent to create content around their sponsors. And you might say, well, that sounds tough, but guess what? Guess who's doing that right now? Content creators. You might call them influencers. That's the hot word. Influencers, TikTok, Instagram. Go on. Some of the people who have millions and millions of followers, go on and look at their posts. It's content, 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 paid paid partnership. Content, 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 paid partnership. Content, 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 paid partnership. But what do you see? Go on TikTok and what do you see? When you see a famous TikToker post a paid partnership, you don't see them standing in front of the camera holding up, you know, the the cup of coffee and saying, go to Dunkin' Donuts. Dunkin' Donuts currently for a limited time has $2.99 hash browns when you add on to any bacon, egg, and cheese bagel. You don't see that shit. What do you see? You see them in the car going through the Dunkin' Donuts drive-thru, talking to the Dunkin' Donuts uh, 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 cash register person, then showing you how they hack their meal by taking the guacamole off of the bag- off of the toast, putting it onto the bagel with the bacon, egg, and cheese, then eating the toast, right? They, then, then they eat it, then you see them go home, then you watch them like walk their dog for a second. They're like, look at my dog, look at my dog. My dog is running around in circles in the middle of the yard for no reason. What's going on? Then you see them finally, like, sink their teeth into the bagel. That's how you do it. That's, I think, the only answer is going to be we've got to charge more for true content creation, not a commercial. Let's change the whole game. Let's tell the client we're not selling you a commercial now. We're selling you content creation. You're going to give our talent your product. And, your, and our talent is going to use your product and then go on the air and genuinely tell an authentic story about what it's like to use your product. And that's how we're going to advertise now. We're going to charge you a lot more for it because it's not going to happen during a commercial break. Probably won't ever fully get rid of commercial breaks, but it's a combination of what's going on now with content creators and that less is more philosophy that Clear Channel had back in the day. Combine those two things... And you might be able to knock out like half of or two-thirds of your commercial inventory. But can you sell your clients on the idea of the content creation costing more? If we're going to talk about you on the show as opposed to during the commercial break? I say maybe. I say I think that's where the original less is more didn't work. I think that's where you can convince me that it's a lot more valuable 
if I give you money and pasta sauce, and now instead of being in a commercial break, the hosts of that show are going to talk about the dinner they made last night using my sauce. That's maybe the opportunity right there to still make the money, still get the advertisement on the air, not lose the listener because it still sounds like real radio and actual content. That's what I think. But you know what, though? I'm willing to say before I hang up on this uh, podcast, that is all way easier said than done, and I do not wish that task upon anybody. But if you've signed up to do it, you got to at least try, because whatever you're doing right now, it ain't working.